0: To the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Don't Get Caught Off Guard, Be Prepared to Beat the Heat. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Jesse Fulton, who's the Director of Nebraska Beef Quality Assurance and also an Extension educator. Thanks for joining me today, Jesse.
1: Thanks for having me here, Aaron. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, Jesse, you co-authored this with Aaron Labry, Dr. Alfredo DeConstanza, as well as Ruth Y. Woody. And in this article, you guys highlight the importance of being prepared to understand the impacts of heat stress on cattle, in particular, thinking about cattle in a feed yard. Talk through with us just some things that can be helpful in terms of thinking about risk factors in terms of heat stress to cattle, and what are some things we can do to help mitigate that?
1: Yeah, Aaron. So, you know, it's this isn't really a, a surprising topic that we're going to bring up during this time of year. We do every year. If you look back at our Beef Watch articles and podcasts, we usually talk about heat stress in cattle. And it's because it's very important. You know, a lot of people saw images that come out of Kansas last year. Um, we're already hearing reports from this year of some heat stress related deaths at feed yards across the state. And so we just want to make sure we keep this topic top of mind for producers. um, So they don't end up in a situation like that where they would have increased death loss because of heat stress when there are ways to mitigate it. Um, So a couple things we need to jump into real quick is just, you know, when do we start seeing cattle show signs of heat stress or, or when are they affected by heat stress? And that's typically whenever we get them outside of their their normal body temperature or their thermoneutral neutral zone. So that zone typically ranges from 32 to 75 degrees, um, 32 being the lower end, of course, 75 being the upper end. And whenever cattle are exposed to extreme heat during the daytime, they typically absorb that heat. And then at night, that is when they kind of dissipate that heat. So a general rule that we kind of go off of is as long as the temperatures drop below 70 degrees at night between four to six hours, then those animals are able to dissipate that heat and they're prepared for another heat event the next day. However, there are times where sometimes it doesn't get below 70 degrees uh, at night, up to four hours. And so those animals don't have a chance to decrease their core temperature and recover for that next uh, episode of heat exposure. And so that's where we kind of need to step in and do what we can to mitigate that that heat stress. So, you know, BQA and and, uh, the beef website, we have a beef cattle temperature humidity index that producers can kind of reference that gives them how much humidity they're experiencing that day and what the temperature is going to be that day. And they kind of figure out where on that chart are are cattle going to be experiencing the amount of heat stress. And so once we get over a temperature-immunity index of 84, that's when it becomes an emergency situation um, for those animals. And so we've put together, um, through all of us, it's a a very robust and long list of different steps producers can take to mitigate heat stress prior to an event. And that's something that's very, very important. The key word there is prior to the event. We need to make sure we're set up and ready to go before the event actually gets to us. And that's why we always say it's very important. I mean, we don't have to remind everybody this. I think they do a good job of watching the weather, but paying attention to what those peak temperatures are going to be, um, you know, five to seven days out so we can get, every, get all of our ducks in a row and get ready to go for that heat event. So the list that we've put together, it's not a you have to use all these in order to be effective. It's more of a we know every operation is different. So, you know, there's some people that might be dry lotting some cows whenever feed resources get short. You know, we saw that a lot uh, during times of drought. And so it's not just for the feed yards. It could be for a cow-calf operation as well. And so we put together a list that if you could incorporate one to two to three things off this list, it could greatly help you mitigate the heat stress or the heat load on those animals during a time of extreme heat. Um, so we did kind of break our list out of steps to do as you leading up to the event, steps to do during the event, and then also cattle that we would want to consider high priority. So either the individual animals or pens of cattle. So, you know, individual animals would be black headed cattle, of course, or cattle that haven't shedded their winter coats and we get a heat event pretty early, uh, or, or sick pens or cattle that are near finishing you know, those are the areas that we would want to be paying close attention to. You know, some feed yards across the state that we we have, some pens have shade while others don't, just because we haven't, they haven't been able to get those shade structures put up yet or uh, constructed. And so um, those pens is where we would want to pay super close attention to uh, if they don't have shade, if that's one of our that we're going to use to mitigate heat stress, if they don't have it over that pen, we won't pay closer attention to those animals just because they don't really don't have nothing protecting them yet. So that's kind of where we were going with this article is just something to remind producers to bring it up to top of mind, um, to keep it fresh, because it seems like every summer it's getting a little bit hotter. Uh, The humidity is maybe getting a little higher, sticking around for a lot longer time period. Um, And of course, our cattle are getting bigger. We know that um, from our 2022 National Beef Quality Audit results, our cattle are getting a little heavier, getting fatter. And so those heavier animals are more prone to heat stress and and death related to heat, uh, extreme heat events. And so again, that's why we're trying to get this up to top of mind for our producers.
0: So Jesse, let's just talk about the big things in terms of mitigating heat stress, things like airflow, shade, water. And of course, you mentioned already the importance of nighttime cooling, which we don't have any control over. But I guess just talk about from a big perspective, as we think about airflow, shade and water, what are some key things to remember with that?
1: Yeah, you know, when it comes to water, typically whenever people construct a feed yard pen, you know, we talk about so much space around that water trough. We need to make sure that we have enough room around the water trough where animals can easily get in there and get something to drink. Um, So if we have one of those water tanks that allow water to run out uh, onto the ground and it might pull up a bunch of mud around there, animals might want to lay there in order to keep cool. And if they are laying there, they are preventing other animals from getting close to the water tank to get a drink. And so we might need to add uh, additional stock tanks into our pens for additional water. There's also other different ways to add additional water to your pens. So, you know, we've seen it before where people have actually dammed up their bunks and delivered water straight to the bunk whenever there was no feed in the bunk, of course. Um, So that's another way to add additional water. When it comes to airflow in Nebraska, we do a great job of planting natural wind barriers to prevent snow drifts in the winter. Well, those barriers greatly impact us in the summer when it comes to airflow. And so sometimes we talk about increasing uh, the number of mounds or the size of the mound in our dry pen. That way those animals can get up on the mound and and get some of that airflow uh, to help cool them down. Or if there's any other airflow preventatives that are around our pens that we could remove or take down. So if you got a lot of weeds that grow around your corral, if you could spray those or, you know, mow those out, that could uh, uh, also increase your airflow. When it comes to shade, you know, that's something that's, uh, you know, there are some producers doing it, some producers are not doing it. It just kind of depends. You know, what's really interesting is for the producers that we talk to that do put up shade structures, we always ask. Because really when it comes down to it, we've looked at a lot of research out there and, you know, it doesn't, there isn't really a huge difference between cattle that had shade and didn't have shade. But when we talk to producers that have shade and we ask them, you know, the research show there's not a difference in performance. Why did you put shade up? They said because we went through an extreme heat event and we lost a lot of cattle. And ever since we put that shade structure up, we have those heat events again. We have the amount of cattle we lose to heat is slim to none. And so there's something there with that that putting up shade. And so um, it is encouraging to see that. It is encouraging to see producers be proactive and take those steps because, you know, shade structure, that is a financial impact to their bottom line they you know to construct those but they last fairly well and they last for a good period of time and so you know it's one of those things it's not like you have to pay for every year but they do have wear and tear we get some extreme winds here in Nebraska and so it does cause some damage to those uh, shade structures that they put up and so they do have to pay for that but it is something worth looking into for producers to possibly consider um, trying to incorporate some type of shade structure to their pen. If they are challenged with extreme heat events and they are unable to mitigate that extreme heat with any of the other options that we have on our list. Again, uh, we have several different options producers can look at um, that you know they could possibly use, but it's not a one, one uh, shoe fits all type of thing. You know, one thing that we have on here is is sprinklers, and you have to be very careful with sprinklers because if you are uh, putting on too much water, um, you could be increasing the humidity inside of your feedlot pen, causing even more of an issue for your cattle. And so sometimes sprinklers are not a good option. Out here in the panhandle where we're at, you know, it's a little more arid climate. Um, it kind of evaporates off a little bit better. And so that's something something to look at. I know there's also questions people have about sprinklers, about droplet size. You know, I'm no professional there, but that's just one of those things that we often consider and think about um, when we talk about different ways we can use to mitigate heat stress in cattle.
0: Jesse, you mentioned the 2022 beef quality audit and just some changes that have occurred since the prior audit. And I really find this interesting because I think, we sometimes don't realize some of the changes that are occurring and and some of the ripple effects of that. And in, in my mind, bigger cattle, heavier at harvest, carrying more condition, uh, increased risk for heat stress. So just circle back to that a bit and talk about some of the recent changes that we seem to be seeing in terms of trends, in terms of harvest weight of cattle and also degree of finish.
1: Yeah, Aaron. So, you know, as cattle producers, our goal is to get the most amount of money as we can for our animals, right? And so the way to do that is to increase the quality of our animals. And we all know kind of how fat lays on. And so if we're trying to hit that prime carcass or high choice carcass, we got to feed them a little longer, or we might not, depending on their genetics, but they might have to put on a little extra condition. And so we know that prime has increased from the, the amount of prime carcasses we see has increased for the 2022 National Beef Quality Audit results from the 2016 results. With that, our yield grades fours and fives have also increased. And so the main contributor to yield grade is back fat cover. And so we're seeing a lot more fat cover on these animals. Our hot carcass weights continue to increase as well. Um, And so we're putting a lot more finish on these animals, just like you said. And so that's a major contributor to these animals when they are uh, we are seeing those higher mortality rates in uh, feedlot cattle during heat related events and it's the animals that are near finish and so that's one of the things we talk about as well in this article is if we have cattle that are that are near finished and we can go ahead and market them we might lose a little bit because they could have went two more weeks on feed and so they might not hit the quality we really want them to but it's better to go ahead and try to get those animals marketed. There's a lot of information in that 2022 audit results. We'll probably have to break that out a little bit more for the producers and go over that another day. But you're exactly right. We are seeing heavier cattle, more finished cattle. um, It's impacting our yield grades. And so that can be a major contributor to mortalities
0: related to heat stress. Jesse, anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today?
1: I know that we often beat up on this a lot uh, when it comes to heat or extreme cold weather from a BQA standpoint, but also an animal welfare standpoint. Um, We do that because we're trying to protect the industry. You know, uh, whenever we have events like what happened in Kansas, you know, they had thousands of cattle uh, uh, perishing in feedlots because of uh, extreme heat related event. And when things like that happen and it gets picked up in the news or it catches media attention, it's a black eye for our industry. And so we're trying to do anything and everything we possibly can to prevent those black eyes that we get in the industry. You know, we do things the right way when it comes to raising cattle. And, you know, this is one of those areas where we can continue to improve on. That's why we're trying to bring it top of mind. You know, the industry does not shut down on a hot day. So what can we do? And um, just based on research and things we know um, when it comes to animal welfare, these are some great feasible ideas that a producer can incorporate within their operation, whether it be cow, calf, stocker, backgrounder, feed yard, that could help improve the animal's well-being on heat-related events, extreme heat-related events. That's all we're trying to do. And it helps us tell our story, our good story of how we care about how we care for the animals and all the extra steps we take to ensure they are comfortable during periods of extreme heat.
0: Jesse, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. I was happy to be here. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Don't Get Caught Off Guard, Be Prepared to Beat the Heat.